Hello world and welcome to Notorious P.O.D. episode 47. I'm your host, Big John Bass. It is another Hip Hop Forum episode, which means I am joined by Cal Kaida. How are you, mate? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, yeah, man. All good. All good. Good. And we're also joined by Thelonious motherfucking Fourth. Wagwan, Thelonious Fourth in the building. All good. All up good. in this bitch, up in this bitch. Real, for real. Um, so just before we joined this call, it wasn't really very hip-hop, but I um, I nearly pissed myself while um, T and Cal were waiting for me to join this call. And it got so bad that I was um, genuinely holding the end of my penis like firmly shut so that I wouldn't just piss all over myself. And the thing about it is, is like today of all days, I'm actually wearing like light green shorts. So if I had have pissed myself and then stood up, you know, in the middle of the call, it would have been very apparent why I was... Um, why I was leaving, but you know that's part of the joys of working from home and being on back-to-back calls and drinking loads of water, trying to be healthy. Uh, and now I'm tucking into a lovely Heineken. So there we go. I'm on the brew dog. My guy, Cal. What? what cold water. Water. Yeah, loves it. Don't worry, people. You'll still get the jalapeno hot takes as always. He's drinking, he's drinking water. That's what the Americans think us English yeah. speak like. Yeah, water, lovely water. bit of crumpet. Water. A bottle, a bottle of water. Well, boys, um, we've got quite a lot to get through. We've, we've got to have a catch up on um, the outcome of the very controversial Rough Riders Cup. Um, yes. Kicked off with a friend of the show, a friend of ours, uh, Flav, was not happy with some of these matchups. I think basically a lot of people missed the the explanations as to why these matchups were here i don't think there's a world in which we um we genuinely think that you know friends of the show pete and baz compete with jay-z in many areas but that is the whole beauty of the rough riders cup it's a it's a mashup of of some um interesting people so we'll get to that later on um obviously we've got to talk about um versus red versus method man Mm. some good stuff um but let's start with um, the street report. We we kind of we were just talking off air. We we kind of had a weird timing with our um, with our last episode covering DMX, uh, where this was actually at the time when he was in hospital and at the time ha- hadn't passed. And so we we used that time to kind of honor his career and talk about his legacy at that time, hoping that he would recover. And sadly, that that wasn't the case. Um, now there's been some great work um, from various different pods there's been like loads of some amazing threads and tweets and people sharing stories about dmx which has been great to see um i jumped on the crate 808 pod that they did a special on dmx and again there's some great contributors on there i know cal was absolutely livid um about that you know it's beef season um it was fucking i'm very very tempted to grab this microphone and throw it across the fucking room (laughs) oh we're another pod and i'll not be friends with them no friends it's on site (laughs) <laughs> anyone could get it man man almost choked at my fucking beer in his... <laughs> the can man anybody can get it on site <laughs> on site when we're in a global pandemic no one can leave their house I love it oh, next time I see you in like two years when we're out of yeah. lockdown five I'm gonna fucking do ya oh lord um, so they they did a it's a great piece on um, on DMX. So we don't want to we don't want to kind of go over that again because I think um, you know one everyone's done it justice really well. Um, but there was also some really sad news, not as high profile, um, but equally as sad I think, which was um, Black Rob, who was in hospital around the same time as as DMX, 
and has also subsequently passed away. Obviously, Black Rob, not as high profile as DMX, but has, has his place in hip hop and has contributed like one of the all time big club bangers in, in uh, Woe. I mean, one of the best hip hop instrumentals for me of that sort of the, the later 90s era. Um, I want to talk a bit about Black Rob because um, as he's part of the bad boy stable, um, he obviously has a, a warm um, part in Cal's heart for obvious reasons as a, as a bad boy stan. But I want to take it in a bit of a different direction um, after we do that because I want to talk about Puffy and some of these other like moguls in hip hop and actually how some of those rappers that have classic singles classic records or even a classic album but they don't have necessarily the financial clout of some other people in hip-hop that have benefited more off the back of them and how that that really has impacted on them so black black robin obviously diddy through that lens is a really interesting thing but maybe we could think about you know some other artists and some other moguls who have kind of benefited from some of these artists and then haven't really looked after them but cal i'm gonna start with you mate let's talk about black rob the artist let's talk about let's let's give him his um Let's give him his props. Let's talk about the music first of all, and then and then let's pick it up from there. Um, I think it's fair to say, like, Woe is the thing that people know Black Rob for. Yeah. But let's talk about his his, his career more broadly, mate. Uh, do you know? You know, I, when 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 DMX passed away, it was obviously really really sad and a massive moment for the culture. Um, but Black Rob, for me personally it hurt just as much that Black Rob had passed away. I was a massive and am a massive fan of Black Rob. Um, when we spoke last time and I, I, when I was talking about DMX and I said Rough Riders were the the anti-Shiny Suit era. They were they were the kind of the ones that the they were the ones that were completely the other the other way coming from the East Coast. But Black Rob was in that bad boy kind of squad post Biggie. And you had Puffy and you had Mace and they were doing David Bowie samples and all of that. And you had the locks who didn't really quite know what they were. Yeah. Um, and then you had Black Rob and Black Rob was Black Rob. And he did not, he didn't try to be Mace or Puffy or the locks. He was his own man. And that show did his music. Um, everybody knows, whoa, it's an absolute fucking banger. But yeah. his first, his first album, Life Story, I loved it. It was such a good album. And when I heard he was, when I heard he wasn't well, I was, I've been listening to uh, both of his, his first two albums, both of his albums that were on bad boy. Uh, I've had them on repeat. Um, the life story album was really good. Um, had a Jennifer Lopez uh, feature on there before she got really, really big. I yeah. think it was puffy kind of, you know, throwing her a bone and getting her on. Cause I think it was when they were going out and there was a lot of good songs on that live story album. Um, there was a song called Down the Line Joint. There was Can I Live with the Locks. Um, there was PD World Tour. There was quite a few really, really good songs. But then for me, what what was forgotten about, about after that was that he then made his second album, The Black Rob Report, which was equally as good. It was mm. such a good album and it starts in such a strong way with They Heard That I Got Life. It's such a banger. Um yeah, and I remember, I remember in the early days of Twitter, um, you could like engage with rappers quite a lot, and Black Rob didn't really do social media, but I, I was lucky I engaged with Podigy a couple of times, and I told him his album was shit. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, HNIC, you told him it was nah, shit. I told him HNIC free was shit. Because it was, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was shit, but I was nice to him. I said it in a nice way, but it was shit. Um, but I also was lucky to kind of like have a little conversation with Cormega. And Cormega said, um, who should I get on my album? Who should I have on my album? My reply was straight away was Black Rob. Get Black Rob. And he did. And I don't think it was because of me. He probably knew Black Rob anyway. But yeah, it was one of those things. I was like, oh yeah, I did that. And he got Black Rob on his album. And Cormega actually, he uh, he paid a really good tribute to Black Rob because he was really underrated. You talk about underrated MCs. Black Rob is absolutely one of those that he'd be sorely missed. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a good shout. I think um, I saw Cormega's uh, comments about Black Rob. But he did something similar for DMX as well. He's... I mean, it kind of seems like an obvious statement, but he's very eloquent um, in terms of like putting together stuff that, um, you know, really resonates and like comes from the heart. So I thought it was really touching. Um, T, I want to bring you in on this as well. Like, how did you feel about like Black Rob's music? Um, you know, obviously we've mentioned Woe a few times. That is an absolute um, banger. And anything to add on the music side? I mean, I know Cal's a massive bad boy stan, so he's obviously knows. Yeah, go on. I'm going to be honest, I see the song of his I know. <laughs> I mean, but, look, um, I don't think that's I don't think that's like a sacrilege thing to say, right? He's it's a it's a massive record, and it's what most people. Know. It's, to be honest, I don't know much outside of that, other than some of the bad boy features, um, like from some of the, the we invented the remix album, and you know uh, some of Diddy's albums and the bad boy pro um, projects and stuff like that, bad boy for life remix. But in a weird way, like that's fine right he's he's still got a place in hip if you create one absolute classic record everyone knows that that track and in some ways there are artists who have longer careers that people just don't like hasn't perforated the you know the wider uh group of, of what people understand and know about hip-hop so what, what do you think about him though generally mate what do you i think mean about him? the thing with hip-hop i'll get my podcast kind of mixed up a little bit because me and cal went a bit rogue in the last boxing pod and spoke about DMX and Mike Tyson at length mm. and these people DMX is much more than his discography, is much more than the songs he made, he was just you know, one of the monoliths of hip hop not saying that Black Rob was this but Black Rob was someone who had the respect of his peers and regardless of if your average bloke in the street has heard of anything more than woe doesn't, doesn't really matter because his peers knew that he was good the core mega tribute as Gowley was really touching. Um, Redman and Method Man, even though it was fairly brief, they gave a little tribute to to Black Rob as well. And sometimes it's just how, I mean, we live in an era where everyone's got an opinion through social media, but when certain people give homage to someone who's, you know, recently passed, just giving homage to them in general, giving them their flowers while they're still here, then you've got to kind of look at that and think, you know what, he was, you know, he, he was someone who was respected at his craft. And it is a craft. It's not. It's not a career that everyone's going to make millions from. Um, I think. I don't know if it was. I think John might touched earlier on how Diddy treats his artists. It's just. It's still a business, but beneath all that, it's still a craft. And people who are really, really into hip hop know their know their craft. And Black Rob was someone who, you know, was some. Basically, people who were top of their game just knew that Black Rob was was about that life. Yeah, for sure. I I think it like with hip hop being such a large culture and like a big landscape in terms of like musically it's it's the way i see it is like it's a little bit like actors or hollywood right you have your brad pitts and your tom cruises who everyone in the world knows they're in the biggest films like they are the sort of 
Nas's and Jay-Z's, the Illmatic's, Reasonable Doubts. They're the sort of like things they're in and they've got landmark movies and those movies win Oscars and they get all the accolades, right? Then there are like Stanley Tucci's and other like character actors that people who are really interested in the craft mm. respect their work and appreciate their work. And maybe they're just in one film or they give one performance in their entire career that's amazing. Like Black Rob created Woe, which is like just an incredible iconic record it doesn't it doesn't devalue their input on like the overall culture and the overall landscape that is hip-hop and you know we need as a culture we need to respect that it's not always about just like being the biggest name or like the most prolific just having the highs of those moments sometimes really make make up for that and you know i think there there will always be people that we'll look at these artists who maybe have like one of those records that everyone knows and assumes that it's almost like a one hit wonder thing. And it's not that it's that that one record is the one that perforated past just the hip hop circle and became like part of the wider music knowledge. So yeah, we just wanted to, um, I guess give black Rob the credit that he deserves and you know, RIP. I want to take, um, I want to take a different view on it now because this was something that came out of, um, a lot of the, the tributes and a lot of the discussion around Black Rob when he was in hospital. This was before he passed and now subsequently, like since he's passed, which was Puffy. And we've spoken loads of times about him being a paper gangster and, you know, being pretty shrewd and should he look after all these guys and blah, blah, blah. And I think it, it's really easy to say when artists are just broke, right? But they're in good health. They're just broke. Right, and it's an easy thing for us to be like, well, you know, they're grown men, and they should look after their finances, and which is all completely reasonable points. But it's something different when you see someone's literally at the point where they can't afford healthcare, and you have, as a like business owner, business mogul in in P Diddy, have the resources to like basically save that person or help that person, and it really mean nothing to you mm. financially that he doesn't seem to or that we don't really hear about him doing that enough and certainly not in this case cal like what did you think because that was the first thing that popped into my head was where's diddy it's a bit like mm. that um yeah i can't remember whose sketch is but like where's jar what does jar all think <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> chappelle chappelle yeah. Chappelle, yeah um it's a uh, it was the first thing i thought was like well where's diddy where's diddy like his man's out here like dying like where the fuck are you um yeah. What did you think, May, when this whole news broke about you know Black Rob being in that that such a bad way? Yeah, I, I think I think everybody thought that. I think a lot of people thought that like, where's Puffy? Because mm. not only was he his like former boss, if you like, um, and I'd like to think they were friends, um, but also you look to Puffy, Jay Z, Dr. Dre, these guys that are billionaires or close to being billionaires but they're also like the the people that are the forefront of the culture and they're there that when they say something people listen people pay attention when dr j or jay-z or puffy say something so when you see royce the five nine posting gofundmes on instagram and for 50 bags to try and get 50 bags for black rob to look after to look after him i'm thinking and I donated 20, 20 quid to it because 20 quid to me is 50 bags to Puffy. Mm. And I donated 20 quid to it because I thought, do you know what? I love Black Rob and I want to, you know, I've bought all his albums and all of that sort of stuff, but let's try and do, try and do something else. And 
it pissed me off to see Royster59, another fucking bellend, to be honest, posting GoFundMes when T made a good point. Puffy could have done that. He could have posted the link. That's the bare minimum that he could have done. And one of, one of you know, we people, rappers particularly, um, our friend James Holder did a piece about, he spoke about Mike Tyson and DMX and comparing them to, and it's interesting, it's an interesting comparison to me because rappers and boxers are both usually they come from really really poor backgrounds and they're usually more so boxers are massively insecure people they're damaged people um and that was true with dmx uh, that was true with black rob um and it's true of many fighters so while i understand perhaps when puffy was a young up-and-coming entrepreneur that maybe he would just dish out the standard record company contract right yeah. You know, where he's basically fucking them over. It's not it's not equal, but he's trying to build a company. Fair enough. But these people are getting paid and they're getting paid a good amount of money. After that, after, you know, because his first album was 20 years ago. Woe was 20 years ago. In those 20 years, Puffy has become close to a billionaire. Yeah. 10, 15 years later, he could have thought to himself, OK, I'm fucking nearly a billionaire now. Yeah, probably. I fucked him a bit back in the day. I'll be honest with myself. But. Do you know what? Now let's put some things in place. Let's let's sort let's sort these guys out because it's really quite it's it's really quite concerning that you've got G Depp that's in prison for murder. You've got Shine that, that did a ten stretch for attempted murder and then was deported. Biggie's dead. Um, the Locks finally got away and got their publishing back, but he owned their publishing for years and got two hundred bags whenever they put a record out. Um, and I just Mac. thought you got Craig Mack who passed away. You've got all these people that have come through his doors and he's made close to a billion dollars off their back, as well as his own hard work. I'm not knocking, you know. And I just think, you know, again, another thing that I love is pro wrestling. And Vince McMahon is a fucking cunt. He's a complete scumbag. But if a wrestler falls on hard times and they have an issues with drugs or whatever, they can go to rehab, the best fucking rehab center in the world on WWE's dime. Yeah. And you just think you could do, and this place is like fucking state of the art restaurant quality food, like amazing. And you think you could do something like that. You could be the guy that we've all seen the stories of generations of artists, particularly black artists that have been fucked over by record company owners. And you know what? Don't preach your black excellence to me. If you're not going to, if you're not going to put things in place, if you're not put things in place, that people that you have, earned your money from and, and and i think there's a there's a point as well that black rob's his own man you know he woe sold two million records um it was a massive song he had a lot of money and then he went to prison and he probably spunked a lot of money on lawyer fees and that's his fault um but puffy could have helped him out more he could have fucking helped him out more man it's fucking heartbreaking that that, that he didn't yeah t what's your what's your thoughts on this whole I guess more generally, like, um, I think Cal touched on something interesting there about uh, Diddy talking a lot about black excellence and uplifting, you know, each other in the community. Like, how, how do you feel about the way he preaches about that and then how his actions reflect on that? On a very base level, I unfollowed him on Instagram because, you know, he's obviously, I thought, yeah, he's talking about black excellence. This is really good. He's uplifting my people. And when I kind of deeped it, I thought, well, there's this whole kind of thing where, your entire life is a hustle. Your personal relationships with your friends is a hustle. So, for argument's sake, you're both my best, best, best friends in the entire world. 
and you're both not as entrepreneurial as I am. So I've got to drop you guys and get two people in place who are entrepreneurs to kind of make me build myself. People, And that's the sort of mentality that he's part of. Um, the whole Nipsey Hussle, the marathon continues. Again, that's like, everyone's got to be like, you know, Richard Branson, entrepreneur. I'm like, well, some people are just happy to just work in HR, man. <laughs> just let us fucking live, you know? And um Diddy's Black Excellence isn't something that's attainable for a lot of black people, you know, and not just black, just people on the whole. And that whole lifestyle does kind of annoy me a bit. And I know that you're both massive, massive fans of Motown. Barry Gordy was another one, the P. Diddy of his day, where, you know, he made a he made a pretty penny off Motown. And there are loads of artists up there running hard times as well. Um, I think when Carl mentioned about what Vince McMahon does in terms of how in the rehab center there i feel we're reaching a bit of a tipping point in hip-hop where it may get unionized and these there might be things in place it's not it's difficult for hip-hop to be centralized because then who is part of that is are the rugged man an independent artist part of that or is drake a multi multi million selling artist part of it in it's, it's difficult to centralize hip-hop because hip-hop is just so vast you've got boom bap you've got mumble rap you've got drill grime and you've got all hundreds of genres that have come out of hip hop. How do you? It's difficult. It's a difficult thing to really centralise. But you know, Diddy got a bit of heat after um, Black Rob passed, and when he was ill, I think Diddy kind of uh, made up for it a little bit. You know, I think Cormega, the post that Carl mentioned, that Cormega said Diddy did his did his bit for for Black Rob. It's it's a difficult one to quantify, but I think something definitely has to change in terms of um breaking generational curses and I think if even if a record label not just not obviously you can't be all of it even if a record label says you know what if you join our label this is in place for you you know if you pass away your kids get this money your family gets this money maybe it goes that way that one label does it and then another label steals a template and and so on yeah I definitely I definitely um I think you make loads of good points there Tia. I definitely feel like that none of this stuff like needs to um needs to be like enforced i just wish that they would choose to do it like i wish jay-z and p diddy and russell simmons and whoever else right these andre and these like 250 million plus net worth uh individuals would go wouldn't it be great if we just took a couple of million each which like cal said is like 50 quid to us and go, let's put it in a benevolent fund. And if you had a hit, or like, or like if you released a record, and you couldn't quantify it anyway, between these years, so like from 79 or whatever, 77 to nine, uh, 2010, let's say, that's our generation, the generation we grew up with, and we all benefited from what came before, right? It's a benevolent fund. There's 30 million in there. Anyone who gets like hospital or is going to get evicted or it's for... Um, like I don't know for yeah for like for your kids education whatever it is I've just looked Diddy's worth 885 million dollars <laughs> now he could put, he could put 85 million dollars in an account and that would be everyone who's ever been <laughs> he's just choking on that 85 mil <laughs> that would be literally anyone who ever had a fucking record in the 90s looked after for life yeah. I mean, now he yeah. doesn't need to, but why doesn't he want to? Yeah. I don't. That's the bit that that pains me. I'm playing the John capitalist role here, but you don't get that 
rich without being a bit of a cunt. Mm. And you know, um, Diddy didn't become a million, didn't become a billionaire, whatever the fuck he is, by looking after people like Craig Mack. But I think the fund makes sense. I think LL Cool J spoke about that yeah. um, a few months ago. I think the best way it can maybe work is if a record label does it. They create a template says, you know what, maybe if you create a template saying, you know, if you join our label and you fall on hard times and we can afford it, if we get successful, then you could maybe equity in the company or whatever, do it that way. And then other companies could say, you know what, maybe we'll do the same. Because having a central fund is difficult because there might be a singer who rapped one bar and he says, oh, I'm entitled to this. And that's the problem. If hip hop has got so large now that, you know, what is hip hop? Is um two chains any more any less hip hop than a cool G rap? That's that that's the difficulty. But I think um we're in, we're in an age now where people can get a SoundCloud account and still, you know, sell millions, but and it's difficult because it's easier it's easy enough to say, well, Black Rob should have done better, but it's like um was it that straightforward for him to go on a straight and narrow? No. Because you know, I've been. I thought I'd just crowbar this in there, but listening to like nothing but drill for the last week, and yes. reading reading a couple of backstories, and I'm thinking to myself, are they rapping because they want to rap, or are they rapping because they want to put a message out to rival gangs? And the level of talent varies, but the people at the very top, they're really talented people, and there's so much talent that's just rotten in prison, and it's just. It just really makes me wonder, thinking, well, you know, it's a bit like the Dave Chappelle sketch, when keeping it real goes too far. It's just, do you get to a point where I could leave this life behind, or have you got to keep it real for your content? shouldn't really call it art content, so that's my bad, but it's, it's mad. Yeah, mate, I, I hear you. I think, um, I think all those like points, again, are like completely fair. I think like the centralised idea, I think like if you look at other sports that have created like foundations for older players who have had like concussions and stuff like that. Right. These foundations start with the families or whatever. And, you know, I know we talk about like football and, and uh, boxing and stuff like that. Right. Quite a lot on this pod, but football is a good example. That was um, that foundation. I can't remember which player it was in, in Adolf, but Jeff, it was a Jeff Astle. That's it. Jeff Astle. Thank you. That's a, like a pretty much grassroots movement that has come from not wealthy individuals. And I appreciate the the sentiment of like, we didn't get that rich by thinking that way. But these sort of foundations, if you're backed by like a P Diddy and a Jay-Z, let's just take those two as examples. You don't even need to put your own money in. You you get the likes of other big brands oh. who've benefited from hip hop artists over decades. So Nike, Adidas, um, Sony, all these massive brands, because for them it's just like okay, well we'll all put in a hundred grand, which is mm. peanuts to us individually, but that will add up, right? And that will make us go, well, all the bad record deals we did in the past, and all the shady shit we've done, that makes up for it. Like play it like fuck off. But actually, the benefit is that those people that do need that money, because they they did come from an environment that. They didn't know how to manage their money. So, of course, they fucking spunked it all on, like, jewellery and shit they shouldn't have spun. No, no one was going, here's how to be, like, financially secure in 30 years' time. So we sh there should be something in place. And these, like, foundations could exist in other areas 
But I, I feel like someone who preaches so much about black excellence and uplifting their own community, even if you don't want to put your money in, put your name to it. That's enough. That's enough to give these guys fucking basic medical care. That's what we're yeah. talking about here. I don't want to see like um, Black Rob or X like Bad Boy get given a million pound a month for the rest of their life just because. Like, I'm not talking about that. Black Rob, let's be honest, did not really die with dignity. And that is so avoidable. And that, to me, is is the real tragedy of the whole situation. So, sad. yeah, I, I just a couple of things. Um, just to slightly defend Puffy, this is kind of like closing the door after the horse is bolted, but he's going to pay for Black Rob's funeral and take care of all the arrangements and stuff like that. I'll also say slightly in Puffy's defense that um, that when they did the Bad Boy reunion tour, Black Rob was on it, and I imagine he would have made a pretty penny out of that. Um, so I'll give Puffy that. Um, I was interested what you guys Ooh. thought about the pretend rumour about Jay-Z and Beyonce uh, doing something for DMX. Remind me what it was, T. I know you'll remember. What was it about? Well, basically, when Nipsey Hussle passed away, they said something along the same like that. Jay-Z bought all the masters and gave it back to his family. So yeah. when DMX died, I think they bought all his masters and gave it back to his family. It's basically a cut-and-paste rumour that they've said that Jay-Z and Beyonce have done. And... No, there are another couple who preach black excellence, and I'm not I'm not okay with everything that they do, but I think I mean kind of going into another direction. I feel that black excellence doesn't have to be someone who's a billionaire. Black excellence, black excellence could be someone who's just making enough money and supporting a family. It hasn't got to be this this thing that I personally will never get to. You know, that's mm. that's that's how I feel about it. But um, yeah, that rumor. Was, was was a bit weird. Um, I mean, I know John didn't really want to talk about too much about DMS's passing, but it did surprise me the people who, like, oh my God, DMS has passed away because DMS is kind of like, you know, gone across. He's kind of um, transcended hip hop to a point where he's just a figure in popular culture, like Mr. T. And mm. it was nice to see that people like, because normally you know, when people pass away, people on Twitter say, "Who the fuck is he? He's a drug addict," but. Those comments are very, very rare. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, DMS has passed away and he did you know, the Rudolph Head Nose Reindeer video. And it is, I mean, it's, I mean, it, DMS got his flowers. I'm not having it that he never got his flowers and he was alive. Black Rob may not have, but DMX more than got his flowers and he was alive. 100%. Yeah. Cool. All right, look, let's move on. I want to I take it back to something you mentioned earlier, T, about your um, recent uh, dive into the world of drill. Yeah, and um, as most of our regular listeners will know, we've had uh, two of the UK's um, <laughs> biggest drill artists, uh, Pete and Baz, on the show. And they were great when they came on. They they t- they spoke about you know their their career, what they were doing, all the rest of it. And they in the UK, they've become a very big, uh, very big sensation in terms of like creating drill and bringing a spotlight to it in a really like fun and light-hearted way but with no shortness of like skill and ability and um their ability to make bangers is i think pretty much you know undisputed and we're all about their gangster aesthetic like the the london gangster motif is we're all about that life so that's great and i feel like everyone knows pete and baz but it was like earlier this week sort of end of last week there was a thread going around from someone in the u.s who basically discovered pete and baz for the first time (laughs) (laughs) and it was amazing because they were just like blown away um 
And I think you spotted it, didn't you, T, that, that this thread existed. So we, we chucked in a couple of links to the pod. Now, I'm not saying it's like, you know, a coincidence, but, you know, since they've been on Notorious POD, it has sort of kicked off in the US. Now, we were yeah. there before they were cool. Exactly. Exactly. We, you know, we have a pretty, I'd like to think, in tune, um, an influential audience in the States for Notorious POD. We get quite a lot of listeners. It's like, a quarter of our listeners come from the US, which always blows me away because I feel like we chat utter shit and we slander pretty much everyone uh, that's <laughs> got any sort of notes in the US. Um, but they stick with us, which I appreciate. Um, so I feel like we, we've done, uh, you know, we've done our bit to help Pete and Baz's, um, you know, foray into into the US. But I thought that was good fun and it was quite nice reading some of those comments, wasn't it, T? Yeah, it really was. Um, I mean, obviously there's lots of questions on do they write their stuff, who's rapping for for them and xyz but something's got to put that to one side just enjoy what they're putting out because a lot of drill is quite you know bleak very very bleak you know just you know people get knifed and shanked for every single song but you know i mean as you as long-time listeners will know i'm older than the other two i'm in my 40s and i also don't keep an ear to the street and listening to drill was a bit difficult for me and as much as it reflects a culture that I loosely know, I know with um, quote-unquote knife crime in, in London in particular, among the black community. So I'm listening to these things and I'm thinking, you know, of people who, I loosely know a couple of people who have been in the trap and you know, passed away. And it made me think about their past. But in a sense, there's a bit of, um, I think when Public Enemy were at the height of their powers, they said, we're the CNN of the ghetto. And drill is a bit like the CNN. It's a bit like saying what's going on. And people say, you know, drill, I mean, a lot of these videos get taken down from YouTube and deplatformed because it's violent. But this is what's going on. This is real, real life. And a lot of these guys, I reckon they probably did have aspirations of, okay, I'm not going to say be a football that's fucking corny, but maybe an architect as Stephen Lawrence wanted to be or perfectly normal careers. But they didn't have the choices when they reached an age you know, there were gangs that accepted these accepted these these guys and they went, went to another life. And, and the thing is, you take on the news on the music and you're like, oh my God, I'm really, I really want to talk about it. It's made me kind of invert almost listening to Draw. It made me think, you know, these are the lives that, you know, some people have they've got no choice but to live. And, you know, it makes me feel thankful. I never had to do, never had to go that way, but it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's then, like, yeah. But, but then, you know, Beneath all, like you get like some like um, Pete and Baz, and even Russ. I mean, I don't think you guys have heard of Russ. Russ did a song called Gunline. Justin Lingard scored a goal and did the Gunline, and Declan Russ did it as well. And he's got a song called Body with Tion Wayne, which if I sang it to you guys, which I won't, you guys recognize the song. And so you got other sides of draw where people are just having a bit of fun with it, you know. And um, it's just it's just magic. We, we talk about Griselda all the time. We talk about these themes, and I think nothing of it. But when it's in my manor, well, not, not not my manor, but in London where I live, I just think, oh, it's a bit bleak, isn't it? Yeah, I think this, like the drill scene is like the closest to what kind of like that early 90s uh, hip hop must have felt like, like genuine danger, genuine stories before it had reached her like, oh, there's a formula. You know, you talk a little bit about drugs, you talk a little bit about violence, you talk a little bit about women, that sells. It was genuine and like people's stories and you know, we know that there are loads of people incarcerated, rappers that have been doing time, like, you know, DMX, we were speaking about it earlier, like, 
th- those were real stories and real opinions and mm-hmm. drill still feels like that to me the, the pete and baz element of it the reason that i think it's really an interesting dynamic and i don't know whether like this is the genesis of where it came from but if you think about like the postcode wars that are happening now and the vernacular around that and the verbiage that these like artists use if you just rewind to like the 60s and 70s and even 80s and imagined what that would be if those drill rappers just went right we live in this time these are the the words that people use this is the thing that they talk about instead of postcode wars it's like this is my manner and i'm going to defend it it's they've just kind of like transposed these two things and that's what makes it so good because you kind of get it it's like the drill instrumentals are there and it's kind of the same topics but it's through the lens of like east end london geezers you know that like we talked about on the pod like the craze and that kind of thing and it's just fun right cal yeah yeah it is fun it's just one of those things you just you you hear it and you do, I don't think you even realise straight away that they're, that they're a pair of old boys. And then you watch the videos and you see them <laughs> spitting. <laughs> you just see them spitting and it's like, fuck, you lot have actually got bars, but you've also got like a cadence about you yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a style about you which make people pay attention to to what it is that they're doing and and drills the music for now it's the it's the music of young people young people love it i like it i like drill um i'm not an expert on it at all but i've dipped my toe in a few times and i enjoy it um and i you know i know pop smoke was really quite influenced by drill as well um you know it's probably the equivalent of a us what they call it brooklyn drill or something right Um, to be fair drill started chicago chicago Chicago, yeah yeah. i just just had to point that out before they get on we get yeah, before we get yeah, slandered, yeah. we You're know right. it started there, but we've like got our own UK drill. We've got our own kind of, yeah, yeah, but we've got our own kind of thing. The, thing, the, the thing of drill is that um, at the time when the Craze and the Richardsons are in their pomp, I'm sure the general British product were like, fuck off their scum. And yeah. they became canonised in the film, which um, the Spando Ballet, Spando Ballet brothers are in um, in 1990. And you've got lots of films that have been made since then about the 60s era. And maybe 20, 30 years from now, people like, well, I'm going to pick out names, I'm going to miss out a few, you know, like RV and CB and OFB and them guys. 20, 30 years from now, they're going to say, you know what, this was like the peak era of North London beef between Edmonton and Tottenham. Mm. But right now, we're saying these guys are scummy. They're taking down their videos from YouTube. And that's just how these things go. It's like when hip hop first came out. Do you, I'm sure you both remember the the newspaper cover of um, e- Snoop Dogg's face. Yeah. And it says, kick this evil bastard out. Mm. And now yeah. man's in a Just Eat ad. It's not because he's sold out. It's because hip-hop became gentrified and he could make money from it and make a living out of it. And every industry has the, has the ability for that to happen. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Just be game going, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, yeah, me and Dre. Dre and Compton, me and Dre, yeah, cool. Compton, yeah, Dre, me and Dre and Compton. Yo, fuck off, game. Fuck off. Um, Right, this is, um, that's later. This is back in the day, a story that references something or someone from the golden era. Um, we were just sort of working out the scores for um, a bit later on. We're going to be talking about the outcome of the uh, rough, the first ever Rough Riders Cup, which is huge. But before we get into that, let's get into our back in the day. We're going to look at um, 
this is yeah a story that references something or someone from the golden era two someones in this case uh it was a versus of red man versus method man um i actually haven't seen it full disclosure i've seen the highlight reel um t i think you you're pretty much like you've you've pretty much seen the whole thing so let's let's uh let's start with you what did you think mate i know that we we all love both these guys i watched 66.6% of it and <laughs> i really 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 enjoyed it there were some i think um oh what's it called it's going to annoy me i think it's fan service we played a few songs that only the diehard would know and I'm a diehard of their solo career, i.e. Method Man's first album and Red Man's first three. Um, they did, you know, What the Blood Clot, didn't expect to hear that. Um, I haven't seen EPMD come on yet, so I'm not up to there yet. I'm up to where um, Street Life comes on and RZA comes on. But I just love it. These things are just a celebration of hip-hop culture. And um, if it wasn't for COVID, you know, we may not have had these whether it be hip-hop culture or Earth and the Finding the Artie Brothers celebrating you know, the old-school soul culture and Babyface and Teddy Riley. This is just celebrating the culture. It's not about how well the event was executed. It just, remind, just gives a reminder of people who gave us all these great times. It's like when, I don't know what song it was in the streets says, people who gave us these great times. It was Paul Oakenfold and those people. Mm. That's what it feels like with verses of, you know, Redman, Method Man, um, you know, DMX, R.I.P., Snoop, all the people who just gave us these great memories. And that's what I think. This made me feel happy. And uh, um, there's little known Redman songs. I know all the words. So I, didn't even know, I didn't even know I knew all the words too. This reminds me of a time when you really literally slept with an album to a point yeah. where you just knew every lyric. And it's at a point now where it's just muscle memory. I mean, it's it's got to be a good 27, 28 years since Redman did uh, Muddy Waters. 26 and um i knew all the words to pick it up i've not had pick it up in years and it just it just made me really made me go misty out of that era yeah mate it's good shout that um streets tune weak weak become heroes that's it yeah banger and i love that because it was like yeah name checking people of a certain area and showing love so yeah it's a good it's a good um some good synergy there. Do you know what I've just like? It's just um, dawned on me when you said about like it doesn't matter about the like production of like how well it was put together. It's about the celebration. But what I would say is like these last couple since they moved over to is it Triller? Yeah, yeah. Compared to like when Primo and Rizzo were just like sitting up, literally propping up their phone against their pint glass and just recording themselves. <laughs> like some of those early verses were proper. Like they were great in terms of the artists involved, but they were proper shit. The setups are so terrible. Well, and they now, sold it for millions, didn't it? So. Yeah. But the concert, they're like concerts now. And the quality, I mean, again, I haven't seen the whole thing, but the clips I've seen, the sound quality and the the setup looks and feels just great. I, I think that's um that's definitely a positive, like ch- uh, championing the culture and celebrating these guys. Cal, what did you what did you think, mate? Yeah, I didn't watch I didn't watch as much as T did, but I did watch uh some of it. Uh T mentioned the the little mini Black Rob tribute, which they did, which was quite nice. Uh I saw the bit when the the RZA came out and they announced that the RZA's done, done an album with DJ Scratch. Uh that DJ Scratch has produced top to bottom and RZA's just doing the bars. Um interesting point you, you made about the production values and stuff. The 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 set looked brilliant. It looked really good and really, you know, that was really good. The sound wasn't amazing, but 
you don't want the sound to be amazing. This isn't a fucking Celine Dion concert where you're all sipping Prosecco and eating, you know, beef Wellingtons. It's, you know, you're, 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 it's fucking Method Man Red Man. You're supposed to be smoking a blunt. Yeah, it's yeah. hip hop. It's supposed to sound a little bit gully. It's supposed to sound a little bit, you know, it's not supposed to sound crystal clear. It's supposed to be a little bit rough and ready. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Uh, they both look brilliant, don't they? They're both like Beth is like swam as fuck now. Yeah. Um, he looks. He looks. Yeah, they both look really, really good. Um, it's good to see the Rizzo with them. And it's interesting what you said as well, John, about them being concerts. And normally the concert <laughs> is for us that are there in the building, um, but now because of covid like t said they're for everyone it's mm. like they're doing concerts whereas instead of there being you know a thousand people or two thousand or five hundred or whatever it's for millions to watch you know because we can't be there we can't be there in person so we get to see these these legendary acts not only do gigs but do gigs together you know yeah. when would you ever see a meth and red you know concert together or you know pre primo rizza together it's it's special and it's it's something we'll, we'll probably i've not watched loads of them i've not been a massive fan of them but i imagine in five years when covid's you know in, in our memory then that, that we'll look back at it and with fondness um you got yeah. you got someone like mark rubier who ironically john put me on to could have seen him in concert didn't regret it now because if yeah. it was a concert now it's gonna be like bloody yeah. stadium concert and a lot of people who've got the home homemade DIY thing have kind of you know made a bit of a kind of blown up a bit and I think the verses I think a lot of these artists are realizing that you know if I don't jump in this wave then I might get forgotten about I mean it's a shame Teddy Riley's um, verses didn't blow for him as it should because Teddy Riley is just he did um, the show for Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick which is like a massive he was part of he's part of the making of that song and that's a massive a big deal, you know. I listened to a podcast called Jacked, where it talks about the yep. history about how a guy got together and the whole thing, and Teddy Riley's role in all that. And Teddy Riley is someone who got the flowers to a degree because he worked with Michael Jackson on Dangerous, with Dangerous, and um, yep. You know, and I think that these COVID times are kind of some people have really taken the baton and ran with it during um COVID because they thought, well, you know what, I can't perform in concert. We were all equal. It's not like where if Redman and Methman said, I've got, we've got a concert, we've got a sick concert in London in six hours, blam. That doesn't work anymore. It's a meritocracy now. So if Mark Rubier says, I'm doing a stream in six hours and he's got some, I don't know, Madison McFerrin, who's a little known R&B singer, that could make her career. And that's, yeah. the beauty, that's the beauty of COVID is that it's a level playing field and anyone can get it. And it's, it's I think... Versus have taken advantage of that. I think they sold at the right time because they're running out of matchups. And Triller have got, as Kyle would know, the boxing as well. And the fact that they got versus might help them a little bit. But I think they're sold at the right time. Yeah, I've um, I think we all have actually. We've kind of flip flopped on the concept of versus and the difference in quality between some of those early ones. You know, some of them were real success. I think like. Premiere and Rizzo's one was yeah, universally yeah. lauded. Like people loved it. It was a great matchup, and it just reminded us all of how fucking great they both are. And some of them, yeah, like the Teddy Riley one, sound was a little bit off. Didn't quite work. The D'Angelo one was a bit of a mess as well. That was weird. But, but the idea and the concept, and you know, the net effect has been very hip hop. It's very just like DIY. Just fucking work it out. Wouldn't it be cool if this happened? And I really. I really have to give props to um, Swizzy and Timberland for just going, 
right, let's just go for our phone book and just ask them if they want to take part. And to your point, it's like really kind of like just brought it back to what makes hip hop and, you know, all of these different art forms that represented some of the neo soul and even some of the soul bands. It's just brought it back to what we all love about, about music fundamentally, like people having fun and these connections and these storylines and these relationships between these artists and seeing them together, like seeing Meth and Redman like perform like that was fucking great like another good thing about the the verses that they gave a lot of stories about how verses got left verses that they, they dropped got left off um the track on the two-pack album was even meant for two-pack it was meant for does and corrupt so stories like that were amazing and i loved all that i think uh raekwon and ghost had a few, had a few stories in between the songs and mm-hmm. it's a bit of an eye-opener because we're said a few times that my, my, this person's verse got left off that person's verse got left off it's better deck his first got left off a two-pack album, so that was a lovely gem from from that mm. verses. Yeah, I must admit, I do love shit like that. I saw um, Cameron when he was on Drink Champs talk about how he t- basically like fell out with Jay Z and took his verse off. Oh boy, <laughs> just that spite. And I was like, I love yeah. shit like that. I love stories like that. Yeah. That to me is those the, those little bits of magic about you know like artists hearing a beat and it's already been sold to someone else. You know, like the kick in the door beat was for. Um, Jay Roo. And uh then Diddy was like, nah, gonna need that. Like, I'll pay you a bit extra. And Preem's like, nah, sorry, Jay Roo. Like, highest bidder and all that. And Jay Roo was like, yeah, that's fine. I like it's biggie, that's cool. Well, that's a that's a mad thing. It's like for New York, for the three of us, it's like, oh my god, these guys are aware of each other. Yeah. Now we live in London, so Disney and Wiley having beef is just like, well, we all live in London and they're not far from each other, it happens, or I don't know, this end and these ends and that ends have got beef. But when you hear like New York, like they only realize it's quite a small community within hip hop. So like we hear this story, we're like, wow. But the people that live in New York are like, well, we knew that from day one. So again, that's what COVID has done. It's like it's given us all because Drink Champs is a long fucking podcast. And yeah. now we're working from home, we've got time to listen to it and we get the highlights from it and we just hear this shit. It's just just mad. Yeah, it is good. Right, uh, let's get into our half-time hype track for this week. Now, this is an artist, and I've been I've been speaking to her the last couple of weeks about coming on the pod, and she's given me a word that she's going to come on and talk about a project when it drops. So, for fuck's sake, Wido, I'm holding you to account for our DM chat, and I'm going to hold you to your word that you're going to come on to the pod um, and tell us about your project but the halftime hype track for this week is for fuck's sake wido or ffs wido uh the track is called bot for your manor it's not on an album because the album's not out yet but when the album drops we're gonna get it um i've been a fan for a little while we have some mutual friends from uh kind of back home where i'm from like bedfordshire a couple of different producers that i know that i'm like kind of around and they've like kind of done some bits and pieces so it's their shed beat boys um coops and taika big up those boys um and they were like oh we've just had this unbelievable mc in the studio you're never gonna believe it she's unbelievable sent me some like footage of like them doing a few bits and pieces and i was like oh my god i need to keep an eye on this this is like this is really something quite exciting and i've kind of like followed and watched her career and she's been on like um one extra and some freestyles and stuff like that i've like, blown up and i really do think like she is one to like keep an eye on um, and I also think it's like very, very British and there's a real like powerful energy about her delivery and her flow. Uh, so I think, yeah, there's a lot of buzz and I'm excited. And so I thought this would be a good time to, um, 
to to pop it on our halftime hype playlist. So if you haven't listened to it, just go on Spotify um, and look for halftime hype playlist. And there's all the other tracks that have been always featured on here. Also, we are we sort of we've filtered through a lot of the gems and we've played some of them on the show. We're now at a point where there's some vacancies. There's some spots for the next couple of weeks for halftime hype. Do you know what would be really cool, actually, T, you've inspired me? Like, I'd be up for a bit of drill, mate. I'd be up for some, either like from, from the US or from the UK, preferably the UK, because I'd like to like shine a spotlight on that stuff. Well, so I just want to point out, I just want to point out, if it's a send for another gang, we can't play it, because I'm not getting stabbed for anyone. So if it's going to be happy draw, it's going to be happy draw, not no fucking, not, not, no, not sending for no one, because that's just, no, no. I don't mind it as long as it's ripping for my ends. That's fine. It's like <laughs> late stone, like E11, like fucking, I'm in, mate. I'm down. So yeah, holla <laughs> at your boy. Uh, so yeah, so this is your um, today's halftime hype track. Uh, this is Fuck Sake Wido, Bot for Your Man. I was still bot for your man, like no fucks given. Don't pull me with a liquor point seven. Might be a short thing, but about my trouble like a six foot seven. I was still bot for your man, like no fucks given. Don't pull me with a liquor point seven. Might be a short thing, but about my trouble like. I was still got for your man like no fucks given. Don't pop me with a liquor point seven. Might be a short thing, but I back my trouble like a six foot seven. Black man and you will never catch me calling a batch to back me. One chick show like a fucking scarecrow. Marking the fields in my own with my hand so low. Like if you wanna beef, let's go. The flow so solid, oh no, like that's the one from a Twitter upload. Spitting at the window in a bathrobe. Shitting on guys who have already blown. All from a crap type phone. Yes, I let them know two F's in a S Y go in a joke. Now fuck about with a pros like Mike Chip, let's get set, ready, go. Breaking up. Like, fuck with the rules, I'm calling the shots like top general I'm telling the man, them, oi, come here and lower the mic tight for me when I hit studio Big ego, bring out the diva, you know I'm setting songs and I'm gonna try step on my toe I am a problem, so go on, fuck off and put it in your pipe and smoke And I hope that you choke on the boat and flow, it's cut bro Back to the bone, never see me chilling with no average drove Star with the show, random folk coming at me like a Facebook poll Fuck sake, why don't fuck sake, how? Both of my ears have never burnt more than now Hear the teleport is about me, thoughtless amounts Talk of the town, ain't got nothing better to be talking about. Asking around, but all now, not one of them have ever tried drawing me out. Cause now they don't say now when they see me, they just look to the ground. Even though I stand out like a sore thumb, cause I'm a center of attention, sure is one. I am the prime time, got no one of them irrelevant in my headlines. Main character in their story time, when I ain't even spoke to these girls in my life. If you're safe, then alright, we're cool, but none of these fools can try come chat to me based on lies. You better go and stand in line with them other pricks that said safe to my face, but cuss on behind. You can miss me with it sunshine Cause I got a long list of pissed little chicks I used to mix with that still talk shit Not gonna lie, shoe probably fits me most of the time Cause I am a right little madam always speaking my mind And since fine I've been patterning So now I spit fire like a dragon I've been damaging Other MCs of EPs and mixtapes They've been like, for fuck's sake mate Why so savage? I answer to nothing but hype is my habit Cause if I see a mic then I grab it Beast then I back it Like what's crack a lacking Back again with my shenanigans Swag never lacking Pants sagging hell and he grab it Half of a paddy Love to me mammy Big thing, small packaging I got everybody panicking Ever since I was a pipsqueak, and believe me when I 
never fear anything, no, I'm in the car, chat shit to me within reach, cause I'm like, I'm a beast, true, send me liquor, but I'm still deadly, I trust me, brethren, there ain't no safe, but about when I time my screen. I would still buck for your man, I like, no, fuck's given, don't pull me with a liquor point seven. might be a short thing, but about my trouble like a six foot seven. Okay, so that was uh, FFS Wido, or for fuck's sake, Wido. That was Bot for Your Manor. Um, Loved it. We love you. Come on the show. We want to talk about the project when it drops. Um, so hopefully that'll be very soon. If you like that, um, go and check her out because her music is fucking excellent. Yeah, love um, we love that energy. We love that energy. Um, okay, we're getting into part three. This is uh, The Choice Is Yours. Choice is yours. Usually a, cho- a choice between two things and why. Could be an album, artist, comedian, sneaker, brand, etc., etc. However, we changed it up last week on our last episode, and we decided that we would um, start the first ever Rough Riders Cup, which came as a uh, a question from a uh, long-term listener, John Brady. And he basically, the, the very basic premise was, wouldn't it be cool if you did a Rider Cup, but with rappers, and you had the US versus Europe, but instead of the US versus Europe, you did the US versus the UK. And we thought, yeah, that would be a good idea. But we thought, well, look, we put some restrictions on it. So because obviously it seems on the surface like, well, obviously the US are going to smash this competition to pieces. We put some restrictions on it. So we said, OK, fine. Well, look, the rules for the US is they've got to have only four rappers from the East, only four rappers from the West. They could have three from the South and then a wild card. And all the rappers involved had to be alive. So no fucking biggies and two packs out the window. Got to stick with that as a, as a lineup. So we had for for the US, um, from the East, we had Jay-Z and he was, he was captain. Nas, Freddie Gibbs, Rugged Man. From the West Coast, we had Ice Cube, Kendrick Lamar, Raskas and The Game. And from the South, we had Scarface, Ludacris <laughs> and Pusha T. And the wild card was Flo Rider for pure bants. Uh, and then it came to the UK or Europe. Same thing, alive only. We stretched it out because the UK is a very, um, I guess it's kind of a, a mixed genre scene. So we said any genre, so like grime, drill, hip hop, whatever you want to call it. So we had uh, Lady Leisha, I think was our, was she captain for us? I think she was vice captain. Vice, vice. captain. vice captain. And then we had Tony D, friend of the show, as captain. Mm-hmm. Chip, Kano, Wiley, Getz. Skinny Man, Kalashnikov, Skepta, D Double E. Uh, we had Drake. We claimed him. Uh, part of the Commonwealth. 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 We took it. We took it where we can get it. And and obviously, um, again, another friend of the show, Pete and Baz, obviously repping um, for for us as well. So we then put that out on a on a poll uh, on Twitter. And what we did is we put a handicap in place, didn't we, Cal? We basically said that there has to be a big enough swing. Because, again, we still feel like there's a bit of an advantage, right, in terms of popular culture. The US tend to, like, have a bit of a shining light in terms of what's in people's minds. So we said, in order for the Europeans to to win their respective matchups, they only had to get 40% of the vote or higher Correct. to win their matchup. Okay, right. That's the ground rules. It's caused a lot of stink, I think, for a lot of people because they didn't see the ground rules. <laughs> they just thought, how the fucking dare you put these some of these matchups together? Just um just remind us, Cal, of the matchups. And then um once you've done that, let's go through the results and we'll pick the bones out of this absolute fucking monstrosity. Do you want me to say the percentages? 
or not? I would or just love... say the winner overall. Give us the... What's the minimum percentage? You want the percentages? We want What's the, the minimum one. The minimum, yeah, okay. Uh, so the minimum is 40 for a win for the UK. We'll start from the top here. So Captain Tony D against Flo Rider won <laughs> one handily, uh, 78 to 22. Now let's just pause there for a minute. Let's actually imagine, like everyone here, but just imagine one of the greatest battle rappers ever against yeah. Flo Rider <laughs> in a in a in a in a diss battle essentially. Like that, yeah. that's the other thing I forgot to mention. This isn't like a a versus scenario hit for hit. No. Right? This is literally they they can create like a, a back back and forth diss record type battle. Think. Uh, Stormzy and Wiley, right? They can do videos, visuals, they can pick any instrumental they want, they can go on any type of thing, but it's got to be like dissing the other person. Yeah. The thought of Tony D putting together a diss for Flowrider fills me with so much joy, and Flowrider just being like trying to trying to do something that isn't utterly horrendous is yeah. really fun. So I think that's a justified winner, right? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, easy work, easy work. Um, so the second matchup, um, was Chip versus Raskas from the West Coast. And Chip did the business. Come on, Chip. 3% to 47%. Right, so that's... Um, I'm not going to... Yeah. Two wins for the UK. Gone out early with a nice nice lead. Okay. Okay. The third matchup, Lady Leisure facing off against R.A. the Rugged Man. Sorry, Leisure, sorry. Fair facing off against R.A. the Rugged Man. R.A. the Rugged Man wins. But... Only by 55 to 45. So the W goes to England. Oh, oh. get in there. Get in, in there. England's top seeds, by the way, just to kind of point out to the listeners. So, yeah, the top English seeds play first and then the top US seeds play second. Yeah, we, we've matched them up in essentially like reverse order. So, yeah, the top English seeds versus the bottom US. So, so hopefully we should this this will level out and it'll be quite a close finish. We, we shall yeah. see who comes home on the home straight. So currently... Three victories for the UK and zero for the US. Let's carry on, Cal. Fourth matchup was Getz versus Ludacris, which is a tough one. It's a yeah. tough one to, to pick. Um, in terms of the votes, Ludacris got more votes, but once again, it was within. <laughs> it was within. It was fifty-seven percent to Ludacris. Gets with forty-three. Yes, come on! It's almost—it's almost like his handicaps tipped it in our favour. It's incredible. Um, I mean, to be fair, this middle order—these would be great. These would be the ones I'd actually really want to see. I would fucking love to see that, wouldn't you? Yeah, Luda's yeah. first on the Conway album was fucking sick. Yeah, Luda's fucking album. Luda's, Luda's got, Luda's, he's got Luda's, bars. Yeah. He's got bars. But guess there's a god everywhere. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, next matchup, um, and another one that you'd think, oh, Skinny Man versus Kendrick Lamar, but it was a trouncing. Kendrick Lamar won eighty-two percent to eighteen, which, which, funnily enough, is right. In in reality, that's probably way closer. If not, I'd actually give the edge to Skinny Man because he's he's fucking vicious on a mic, and Kendrick to me is more like artistic and creative mm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the audience haven't read the brief. You know, that's fine. That's fine. We'll ignore that. We'll let that one slide. That that makes it 4-1. Yeah. 
currently going into the US's strongest run. So this is fucking heating up, boy. Mm. Next one is uh, Kano versus Freddie Gibbs, and this is this was very controversial with our friend Flav. Um, because Kano won 54 yeah. to 46. Good. It's Kano in the house. Yes. <laughs> Kano uh, smashes Gibbs, FYI, all day long. All day long. I like Gibbs. I'm not a massive fan, I'll be honest. He's he's fine. He sits lovely on like nice, properly produced projects. He's getting slapped the fuck up by K- Kano. No, no way he survives that. I think in, in a battle, I think Kano might have the edge, but Gibbs is a troll, so I guess if it went that way, maybe Kano wouldn't win. But Kano is an absolute god, and people who are listening who think, who the fuck is Kano, given that Gibbs is like yeah. rap royalty at the moment, give a listen to some of Kano's back catalogue and find some of the old battles that he had as well on YouTube, because Kano's about that life. Yeah. It's a good shout, actually. We were talking on our um, WhatsApp group about Lord of the Mics, yeah. And like, especially for our like American listeners who are like kind of interested in understanding the wider like culture around UK grime and where like how drill and and sort of like more f- kind of recently I don't know what we'd even call it like just modern hip hop from the UK yeah. has blossomed. Like if you do go back to those early battles, a lot of the a lot of the big artists now were there then. It's not like they've disappeared, right? And mm. Kano versus Wiley on a staircase in the basement of Jammer's house, which is like round the corner from my house, right? And they've actually yeah. got a blue placard on the wall of his house, which is quite sick. Every time I walk past it, I'm like, <laughs> yes, Lord of the Mics, that's wicked. That is amazing. Uh, I didn't know that. that battle is incredible. They're just literally on the stairs, like just slight, one slightly lower down the staircase than the other, and they're just panning back and forth between them, going back to back. That is British music at its finest. And yeah, they're genuine to go back. The energy in the room of those battles is fucking great. And you've got um, Bashi, who's like a Hollywood, is Hollywood now. Man's in um, a show called Them, which I think Lena Waithe um, um, wrote or produced. You know, Bashi was in Top Boy as well. There's a proper, you know, good actor. And he came from that scene as well. And you watch these, see, you watch these battles and you think, oh, you know, these guys are fairly basic. But everything comes from something basic. You spoke earlier, John, about Versus. And Versus was like a mobile phone and a pint glass and now it's like big stages of well obviously now you're allowed crowds and that's what Graham was Graham was just basic do-it-yourself shit and you know we've not seen Gibbs go up come up in battles that's probably why we're more favoured towards Kano yeah for sure mm. alright so the scores currently stand at 5-1 to the UK okay what we'll do at the end of this, we'll we'll take away the handicap and see what how it changes the result. So let's have a look. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is uh, Klashnikov uh, versus Game, um, and Game wins. Game wins quite handily, sixty-two percent to thirty-eight. So really close in terms of the handicap, yeah. John. Mm. But um, but Game gets it. Game gets the W to get one back on the board for the US. Yeah, absolute joke. Another another absolute joke. I mean, <laughs> weirdly, I thought this would be the other way around, where like these were the obvious UK winners, and then some of the others. But it it ultimately has boiled down to like who people know, <laughs> which yeah. is the opposite of what we wanted. But anyway, yeah, carry that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Carl. Uh, next one is uh, Wiley v Pusha T. Now this is ah, oh, 
such a great matchup, isn't it? They're both just high caliber MCs. You can fancy both of them in a battle. Um, and this got quite a lot of votes as well. Um, overall, um, most votes went to Pusha T, but the handicap comes back into play again because it's 56 to 44, which means Wiley gets the W. Yes, 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 yes. And that, surely that wraps it up. We must have won it now. Yeah, we six, have. 6-2. Six, Smashed them to pieces, mate. Uh, Smashed them to pieces. Who else we got left? There's, there's three left. So uh, there's, there's three left. Uh, it's our very own Drake versus Nas. Um, <laughs> surely Nas. Nas. Nas pumps him, <laughs> yeah. pumps him hard. Of course he does. Um, fills him up. Yeah. Um, next one, Skepta v Scarface. And I love Scarface as much as I like to shit on Southern rappers because it's funny. Uh, Scarface gets absolutely pumped here. Oh, dear. Yeah. He, yeah, right up the Aris. Um, 83% to 17, Skepta. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he has, he's bummed him big time. Um <laughs> Uh, next one uh, is D double uh, D double E versus Ice Cube. Ooh. It's Ooh. It's, uh, it's Ice Cube with the double uh, with the W uh, sixty seven to thirty three. Okay. And last but not least uh, is our very own Pete and Bass versus Jay Z. And by an identical percentage, Jay Z wins sixty seven to thirty three. So actually. It was, I mean, obviously with the handicap, it's actually still very close because it was mm. seven versus like five wins for the US. So it's, yeah. it's pretty close. So I'm assuming with the handicaps off the US, it basically flips around, right? They, it they does, win. yeah. Bye-bye. There's three handicaps. There's three handicap wins for the UK, which swings it the other way completely. Um, Great. Oh, so in a way, oh, well, never mind. Yeah. Go suck your mum on a, on a fucking corn dog. You guys. Yeah. We create the rules. <laughs> we create the rules. One thing we didn't mention is that if we did get a score of um, seven or above with the handicap, um, there can never this can never be retried. We stay champions forever. So that's happened. Congratulations to the UK for a brilliant win, undefeated for life. So that's thank you. If any other pod wants to do a Ryder Cup, then then give it a go, mate. You know. Yeah, give it a go. More, more than welcome to. I mean, if, if we did the Ryder Cup again now this week, maybe the teams would be different. Exactly. But realistically, I think we know without a handicap, it would be, probably be the same result. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's be real. If anyone does do it, we'd though. have to. We'd have to adjust. <laughs> yeah, fuck. we we left out some you know, some really interesting like characters from the UK. Like I would have quite liked JME to have been in the mix as well. We left out like Chester P and like there were there were some like fucking top tier people. We didn't have Stormzy. Like there was Slick, some, Rick. Some Slick Rick we left off. Like There were some big big options. And obviously in the US, there's loads of options that we could have gone for that we didn't go for. So um, really enjoyed doing the Rough Riders, uh, Rough Riders Cup. If other pods do want to do it, um, just credit us. Otherwise, we'll fucking hunt you down, you mugs. We'll fucking slice Absolutely, you up. Mate. Fucking cut you first. Get a chef like cabbage. You fucking get stabbed up, you little fucking mugs. Yeah. Stay here. Um, right, so concludes the pod no questions this week because we didn't ask for any um and we've gone on for about 300 years um with all this shit i mean it's taken us two pods to get to the end of this rough riders question so we um we should probably end it there thanks for all the people that took part in the poll i like stuff like that it's good like interactive it's fun so thanks for all the people that voted in the poll all the people that always submit like questions and shit like that next pod we'll um we'll put a 
little request out for questions. We have got one, another one from John, um, that's like the best forgotten MCs, like in in groups or in pairs. A little bit like how you know Big Boy and Andre Three Thousand, or um, he's put like Prodigy was just unbelievable, but Havoc was also great. Why don't we talk about them? So we've got some other questions on that shit. So we'll try and get to that at some point as well. Um, boys, thanks a lot as always. Really You're appreciate welcome. your company. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, if you are an artist, preferably a drill artist representing the 11 who's got some real gang beef they want to share, um, then go on notoriouspod.com, submit your music. We'll buy ourselves um, some security and then we will play that as our halftime hype playlist track. Uh, but if you've got questions or yeah, music that you want to submit for us to play in all seriousness, do send it to us. We're looking to try and um, shine a light on artists that are underappreciated don't have the don't have a, uh, a platform or want to get a different um, audience or artists that you're established but you just want to get on our pod like feel free um all right thanks a lot boys uh cow if people want to follow you where can they find you mate um at bc the grand slam everywhere everywhere see yes Bologna's fourth everywhere snapchat i've come back alive on there but if we're going to snapchat then there too um one thing I didn't forgot earlier on, Jay the Virgo's got a new freestyle out of lemon pepper. I think mm-hmm. Drake did a freestyle over that as well. So his, his Instagram is Vernon underscore Virgo to give it a listen there. But mm-hmm. yep, Thelonious Filth everywhere. Yeah, good shouts. Big up to Jay Virgo as well because we, he's a really talented guy and he's a friend of the show as well. So yeah. All right, boys. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you beautiful people in a couple of weeks. So get ready for the next episode. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cal and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show, so please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D, house. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favourite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist, so if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious P-O-D. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J-O-N-B-A-S-S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.